We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 6th, 2013. Our first study for 2013. And just before we get into the main study, just going to go over some Bible verses. And today's going to be kind of a general current event and weekly Bible study. Uh, no one specific subject we're going to be covering. Uh, further updates on the <clears throat> situation with the uh, draconian gun control legislations that they're in the process now trying to ram through, and uh, also a lot of other different subjects we're going to be looking at. So, Psalm 37, verses 1 through 3, a psalm of David, says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. So that's a pretty tough thing to do in today's day and age, because everywhere you look, I mean, particularly the first part of the verse, obviously, to not fret, to not worry. Um, The Bible says, be careful for nothing, and that word careful means full of care in the King James. It doesn't mean you're not careful about things. Different um, kind of vernacular at the time of the writing, different interpretation. So that when it says be careful for nothing, that, that word means full of care. So, again, this kind of confirms that fret not thyself because of evildoers. And it's easier said than done. It's something you have to do through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, uh, obviously, you can't do that under your own power. And then it says, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Um, <clears throat> For they shall soon be cut down like grass, and wither as the green herb. And their end is hell. You know, you don't wish that on them. You know, you pray if it be possible their souls be saved. But unfortunately, uh, the workers of iniquity, unless they repent, unless they get saved, they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Then it goes on to say, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shall be fed. And that would have some connotations toward the coming, what we're moving into with, I believe, you know, pestilence, famines, plagues. Uh, martial law, earthquakes in diverse places, the things that Jesus Christ warned about regarding you know, the end times. Trusting in the Lord um, and doing good. Be not weary in well-doing. And that's hard to do too. <laughs> None of this is really easy and you've you got to do it through the Lord. Um, and then it says, So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shall be fed. Okay, So no matter how dark the situation God can still, he's still our provider. He can still provide for us no matter how dark it may seem. I believe 2013 will be the darkest, and I'm not going to say it's going to not get, you know, like 2014 is going to be great or walk in the park. I just really believe, you know, 13 being the number of rebellion, Obama in for his next term, uh, we're going to look at the actions now they're starting to take regarding the draconian gun laws, okay, which is really the linchpin for everything else to happen regarding Big Brother taking over, okay, and stripping us of our freedoms, and it's the Second Amendment, it really boils down to that. The First Amendment's one thing, you know, the right to freedom of speech and things of that nature, but the Second Amendment is what really this hinges on. And uh, we're going to be looking at that as well. So, these are the types of verses you want to 
balance yourselves with positive types of things because we don't want to get our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to get it on his word because the days are dark and um, the night is coming that Jesus talked about when no man can work. And this is what we're, we're dealing with. I do believe 2013 will be the <clears throat> the worst year we've ever seen. In this, in this, now I'm not saying there's people in other countries that, that haven't already been in a horrific state, um, you know, places in Africa or China or, or other parts of the world where literally being a Christian could, um, a day to day thing where it could cost you your life. We haven't experienced that yet, really, in, in America yet, but it, those days are, are coming. So Isaiah 43 16 and 19 says, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters. And that's kind of, that's interesting, you know. Maketh a way in the sea. I mean, the sea is just the sea. But God can even make a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters. There, I mean, you think about it, the sea really doesn't have a path in it, you know. It's just the sea, you know. But even God can, God can do that. God can guide us. God can direct us, you know, and get us to where we need to be going. And it says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Ye shall not, sh- shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care how dark it gets. That's positive. That, that is, that is, these are the kind of verses, um, obviously not exclusively, but to, but to keep them into your, into your uh, realm of thinking. If, if you're not in the Word of God, then these verses won't mean anything. They're, they're, they will be irrelevant because you're not in the Word of God. You know? And I think it's important that we do that now, as well, because we want to maintain a positive attitude, no matter how dark it may appear. Psalm 94.16 Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? God's always looking for people to rise up for him against the evildoers and to stand up for me against the workers of iniquity. Obviously, if you do this, you really can't regard your own life very much. I mean, in regard to if I live or if I die type of deal. you know. Because if you're going to actually do this and really do it, rise up against evildoers, stand up for me against the workers of iniquity, obviously, you could lose your life. But the Lord's the one that decides that. The Lord has appointed the time, you know, of your departure. It is, it, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. So it's appointed. There's not a whole lot you can do to change that. Which is a way that a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of Christians throughout history, when they live that way, they have no fear. They have no fear of, of, of death because it's like, well, it's appointed. You know, obviously you don't want to go around doing stupid stuff to get yourself killed for no reason, but I mean, it's an interesting way of looking at life. And then Psalm 94, 20, we skip ahead four verses, and it says, so it says in verse 16, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers, or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Verse 20, Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee? Now this is what we have here in this country. It's a throne of iniquity. Washington, D.C., the, inside the Beltway, or whatever you want to call it, that is an absolute, total, evil throne of iniquity. They've even got the, the city laid out in a satanic pattern. Just uh, keying riddles in stone in YouTube. 
uh, and watch that video. I mean, it 100% proves totally occultic beginning, 100% evil. I mean, the, the the city's laid out. There's pentagrams and there's um, squares and compasses with regard to the Masons. The the most high uh, Freemasonic temple is there, like 13 blocks due north of the capital. It's, it's all laid out in this really really satanic occultic way. Evil things happen there more and more and more. It is the throne of iniquity. Wickedness dwells in Washington, D.C., our government, the seat of our government. But it says, shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee? We're not supposed to even have fellowship with the throne of iniquity. This wicked, evil government. And then it says, which frameth, framing, like we framed the Constitution, we we put it together, frameth mischief, or sin, or iniquity, or evil, Frameth mischief by a law. This throne of iniquity, one of the main things it will always do is frame mischief by a law. That's all we see anymore. I, I've said this before. There's All of us are breaking multiple laws every day and we don't even know it. Because there's been so much mischief framed under the guise of an illegitimate, illegal or I shouldn't say illegal, because they're going to say it's legal, but an unrighteous law. That's just the norm. And it's just getting more and more and more that way. Now, I looked up that word for law, okay, and this would have been in the Hebrew. Um, It's from Strong's H2706. The word for it means a statute, an enactment, a decree, a law, an ordinance, a limit, or something prescribed. Okay, so that we, we are definitely in reference to what's going on, particularly now in the good old U.S. of A. Tacitus, who was considered the greatest Roman historian that ever lived, said, the more corrupt the state, the more it legislates. The more corrupt the state, the more it legislates. Hey, that rhymes. Did he rap? I don't, I don't think Tacitus rapped. Anyway, um, what more? I, I looked up Tacitus. This was very interesting. Tacitus on Christ. This is in Wikipedia, okay? Roman historian and senator Tacitus referred to Christ, his execu- execution by Pontius Pilate, and the existence of early Christians in Rome in his final work, Annals, uh, written circa AD uh, 116, Okay? The context of the passage of the six-day Great Fire of Rome, which burned much much of the city in A.D. 64, which Christ predicted, okay, and during the reign of the Emperor Nero, the passage is one of the earliest non-Christian references to the origin of Christianity. And there's people saying, oh, there was no no, um, uh, non-Christian people that ever wrote that Christ even existed. They tried to convince you that garbage in the zeitgeist. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Here we got the greatest Roman historian that was ever known. He gave passages of, of the earliest non-Christian references of the origin of Christianity, the execution of Christ described in the canonical Gospels, and the presence and the persecution of Christians in first century Rome. So there's just one of the many, many proofs. Of Jesus Christ. Scholars generally consider Tacitus' reference to the execution of Jesus by Pontius Pilate to be both authentic and of historical value as an independent Roman source. So I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> because I thought that was really, really cool. You know? 
And all this is, is referenced as well. And I, again, I've got a whole document on proof of Jesus Christ. That's just one little thing that, um, that we have there to prove that. So, the more corrupt the state, the more it legislates. And here we have Psalm 94, verse 20, saying, Shall the throne of iniquity which have fellowship with thee? And it's actually asking you a question. Shall it? Shall it have fellowship which frameth mischief by a law? This doesn't sound like we're really supposed to be yoked up with the government, particularly a, a corrupt government. It'd be one thing if it was righteous, but it's becoming more evil by the day. Psalm 94, then, if we go to verse 21, it says, They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous. Who? The ones that frame iniquity by a law, which frame mischief. The throne of iniquity. They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. One of them they call evil good and good evil. They establish and frame laws by the throne of iniquity to make a righteous person and innocent people guilty in their eyes. It's the whole thing with the gun control thing that we're going to talk more about today. You know, the very place that it's that 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 guns have been put into the, the hands of lawful people like Kennesaw, Georgia, you have the murder rate that basically drops to zero for like decades. Oh, I'm sure there's no correlation at all. You take guns away from people, the lawful, the only ones that are going to have them are the police and the criminals. Or the law enforcement, which are becoming more corrupt. Not all, but they are becoming more corrupt. Because if the head is corrupt, if the head is sick, the whole body will eventually become sick. Which is a biblical principle there. If Washington, D.C. is the one where all this garbage is ultimately coming from, then eventually it's going to permeate a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. A leaven is a type of sin. So, when you take away the guns from the lawful people, then the only ones that end up having them are the ever-increasingly corrupt government and the criminal element, which will always find a way to have them. So the lawful people have no way to defend themselves, so the murder rates and, the, and all the other robbery and every other crime statistic goes through the roof, because they're thinking, well, if I break down that door, I'm not going to have to worry about anybody firing back. And it's proof. Just look at, look at Illinois. Look at Chicago. That's <laughs> one of the worst crime rates you could possibly imagine. It's the fruit of gun control. So, going further. So they gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. Again, getting our eyes back on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity, and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Now, this is gets into imprecatory prayers as well. If you key in the word psalm, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Just, it's Psalm 64. did a teaching on that. It's regarding imprecatory prayers, which hardly you'll ever hear that discussed in any type of normal uh, church setting. It's just not something they get into. Um, I also have here my teaching on Romans 13 and unlimited subservience to the government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? 
And I'm just going to read you the table, like, kind of like the description. Do Christians who use Romans 13 to teach that we should not oppose President, in this case President Obama, or any other politi- political leader, really believe that civil magistrates have unlimited authority to do whatever they want without opposition? For example, what if our president decided to resurrect the old uh, monarchical custom of the law of the first night? That was the old medieval custom that when the king claimed the right to sleep with the subject's bride on the first night of their marriage. How, how flippin' sick is that? No, you don't get to sleep with your wife on the first. She's a virgin. You don't get to sleep with her on the first. No, 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 the king does. That's got to be the most evil self-centered, one of the most evil self-centered things I've ever heard in my life. Well, what if they decided to resurrect that? Would our sincere Christian brethren sheepishly say, Romans chapter 13 says we must submit to the government? Many probably would. And would any of us respect any man who would submit to such a law? So there are limits to authority. All human authority is limited in nature. No man has unlimited authority over the lives of other men. The lordship and sovereignty is the exclusive domain of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did John the Baptist violate God's principle of submission to authority when he publicly scolded King Herod for his infidelity? Uh, He paid for it with his head, basically. Well, I think basically it led to that, him being beheaded. You know, I think King Herod was looking for a reason. So anyway, did Simon Peter and other apostles violate God's principle of submission to to the authority when they refused to stop preaching in the streets of Jerusalem and elsewhere, ultimately leading to their horrific martyrdom deaths in all their lives, save John the Revelator? And he was in prison up to the very end. That's what got him martyred. Them not submitting to unjust authority. Oh, but that's not, no, no excuse for us. That, or that, that, that's no example for us, evidently. <laughs> I'm not saying that should be our goal. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, follower of Christ, Christian, follower of Christ. They were following what Jesus Christ did. You know, Jesus Christ was the first official Christian martyr. You know, not under Old Testament Levitical law type of thing. So, Acts 5.29 Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. What's obeying God? Following the word of God. Simple as that. King James Bible. Simple as that. We're going to talk at the end of this about the new Bible. Have you heard about it? It's called the Queen James Bible. It's for for queers. It's for the gays and the homosexuals and the transsexuals and the bisexuals. They got their own Bible now. It's got a rainbow, a gay rainbow cross on the cover. I'm not lying. Yeah, we're going to talk about that toward the end. Queen James Bible. <clears throat> so even the greatest prophets and apostles and writers of the Bible, including the writer of Romans chapter 13, understood that human authority, even civil authority, is limited. And those people, if it's to be a just government, have to actually be under God. They have to actually be in submission to God. Just like if your pastor isn't in a submission to God, how can he have a proper overseeing his flock? If he's in rebellion to God, which I'm sorry, most 501c3 corporate non-King James reading, mealy-mouthed, lukewarm pastors aren't. They're not in submission to the word of God. How can he be a proper shepherd over his flock? 
How is that possible? Again, if the head is sick, the whole body is going to be sick. That's going to go from the top down and affect the whole congregation, which is the norm. Not, I'm not saying every single one, but I'm saying it's the norm overall. Patrick Henry said, it is when people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. But that's the norm. We've forgotten God in America, pretty much. Oh no, not the big guy in the sky, who most people want him to be, or, or their heavenly bellhop. That's how they view God. The man upstairs. Gosh, I can't stand it when I hear that stuff. It's irreverent. I mean, God probably views it as blasphemous. Irreverent at the bare minimum. The big guy in the sky. Or I see those those bumper stickers. God is my co-pilot. My word. That's how people want to view God. That's how they want. But it's not the God of the Bible. I'm sorry to burst any bubbles there. If you read the Word of God, you'll understand that. So then I have another teaching I did recently, and it was part of the End Time Preparedness Prepper Mega Study, Part 2. And then I get into the whole subject of biblical resistance to tyranny, which is another subject you won't hear very... Romans 13, proper interpretation, biblical resistance to tyranny, imprecatory prayer is not something you're going to hear a whole lot, typically. So, let's get into the main part of the study here. White House weighs broad gun control agenda in wake of Newtown shootings. This was just up on Drudge, top story last night. Top story. The White House is weighing a far broader and more comprehensive approach to curbing the nation's gun violence. The, what they're saying is, is they're taking a more far broader, more comprehensive approach into enhancing, into exploding nations, gun, the nation's gun violence. Because what they're going to do is only going to cause the opposite, which will then give them even more rights to come and say, see, listen, we haven't done enough. We need to take away everything and then you'll finally be safe. Big Brother will finally be able to protect you. I don't look to Big Brother to protect me. I don't really look to Big Brother for anything. At all. So, they're in a far broader and more comprehensive approach. Uh, than simply just reinstating an expired ban on assault, assault weapons and high capacity magazines. According to multiple reports involved in the administration's discussions. This is from the Washington Post. This article. A working group led by good old Vice President Biden is seriously considering new measures backed by key law enforcement leaders. To sell such changes, the White House is developing strategies to work around the National Rifle Association that one source said could include rallying support from Walmart and other gun retailers for measures that would benefit their businesses. So they're going to try to bribe them off with money. The love of money is the root of all evil. So they're going to go to them and offer them financial incentives because obviously the gun, let's say manufacturers or whoever's involved in this, aren't going to go along with this if it just stands the way it is. But if they offer them enough, maybe money, that'll change things. White House aides have also been in regular contact with advisors to the good old New York mayor, Michael Bloomberg, an outspoken gun control advocate we've given him quotes in previous weeks, who could emerge as a powerful surrogate for the Obama administration's agenda. Who could emerge? He's already there. The Biden group formed last month after the massacre at Newtown, Connecticut Elementary School, and we've totally shown you what a farce that whole thing was. It was a staged, absolute 100% staged event. 
plans to sub- and just listen to my last two teachings if you don't believe that. I, I, I'm still getting stuff from people and in, in, in seeing more about Newtown. I just can't cover it all. I don't even like covering a, su- a subject like this three weeks in a row because I feel like I'm taking away from other things. But this is so – this is such a deal breaker, this issue, that I feel like I have to cover it. But we're going to be covering other things this week as well. The Biden group formed last month after the massacre of Newtown, Connecticut Elementary School plans to submit a package of recommendations to President Obama this month. Once Obama's proposals are set, he plans to lead a public relations offensive to generate popular support. Now, he knows that so far all this has done is have had a... Now, I'm not saying with the liberal, Hollywood... I would have to throw most Democrats into that pro-abortion, pro-gay. They're all going to be already on that side. Then you have the other side. Gun sales have exploded again. You can't even hardly get near these gun shows. There's lines out out to the parking lot to even get in these things now. People are buying more and more guns at an ever-increasing rate because they realize they're coming for them. So they're trying to get them now, now while they can. All high-capacity magazines are sold out wherever you go now, basically. Um, they're seeing that happen. So what they're going to try to do is create some other public relations offensive to generate popular support. They're going to they're gonna mega, mega start into the browbeating of anyone that will have a gun, demonizing them, demonize them. And then they're going to stage some more things, most likely. And they're shooting, that's all they're highlighting now, like on CNN. Oh, another gun shooting, another this, another that. They're going to have more of these things they stage through, through their MK Ultra mind control slaves that they're going to trigger. And they're going to just keep pounding and pounding and pounding away. I'm not saying that means we give up. I'm saying we pray about it, be proactive, educate people. Because I'm telling you, this is the linchpin for, for it all. For, for uh, the prison camps, the midnight pickups, the red and blue list activated, civil war, this is the linchpin. They have to disarm this country. I, I, I mean, they could try it the other way. I just don't think they're going to, they, they don't want to, uh, they don't like the body count that they're going to have to incur if they do that. Um, I, that's my opinion. So anyway, Red alert. This is next story. Red alert. Dianne Feinstein, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, plans outright gun confiscation. Now, here's a video, and this was a video from a long time ago. This was like when the initial assault rifle ban went into effect. Dianne Feinstein says her goal is to, to disarm all Americans. Senator Dianne Feinstein previously is quoted saying, quote, If I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every gun, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all, turn them all in. That's what Diane Feinstein wanted back over a decade ago, and it's sure what she wants now more than ever, and she's got more support behind her now than ever before. Next article: um, For anyone who may have thought. Senator Feinstein and her colleagues in Congress were bluffing about the coming firearms legislation that would restrict the sale, transfer, or possession of certain firearms. Think again. A summary of the proposed legislation has already been made available, and it's a whopper. Among outright banning 120 assault 
quote, assault-related firearms, such as AR-15s and AK-47s, the bill would also target any weapon that utilizes a detachable magazine. Give me a break. A detachable magazine. I mean, that's the majority of guns, of, of, you know, rifles, as well as a magazine with a capacity of over 10 rounds, which would include semi-automatic handguns and shotguns. Moreover, if you already own a firearm or modification that ends up on the ban list, you will be required under federal law to register that gun, complete with background check, fingerprinting, and local law enforcement verification so they know right where you are, right where you live, so they can come get you anytime they want, and so they can prepare for you. If they don't take it away when you when you go to register as it is. Those who have recently purchased firearms that would fall under the ban may soon find federal agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms at their door looking to confiscate illegal weapons or engage in home searches for illegal accessories like high-capacity magazines, anything over 10 rounds, flash suppressors, pistol grips, and bullet buttons, a feature designed to circumvent fixed magazine laws in states like California. The following is a summary of the proposed assault weapons legislation. I'm not going to read it all. Okay, you can you could come up here and read it. I've already covered a lot of what it says. But at the end, it says type in one of the things they would want from you. A background check of owner in any transferee. Uh, type and serial number of the firearm. Positive identification, including photograph and fingerprint. Photograph. Fingerprint. Certification from local law enforcement of the identity or and that possession would not violate state or local law. Just pure evil. Pure, pure draconian evil, and the only reason they're doing it is to build their database and and ultimately to take those very guns away. Another article was, uh, and I'm not going to go into this, this is just the title, Obama appears at Meet the Press to announce he is putting his, quote, full weight behind the Feinstein gun confiscation plan. He's already went on Meet the Press and said this. This was the Sunday before, last Sunday. Okay, you can click on that link if you want to know more. Next report. Obama, President for Life. H.J. Resolution 15 would remove presidential term limits if passed. And here we have a picture of Adolf Hitler. And above his picture says National Socialism. And it says Change below it. And then you have Barack Obama, Democratic Socialism with the word change at the bottom. And they've each got their own little logo. Adolf Hitler's got the swastika. Obama's got his logo. And then you have, um, it looks like uh, Lenin, I think. Yeah, Lenin. Uh, Marxist socialism with change written in Russian and the, the sickle and hammer Russian. In troubled times, the fearful and naive are always drawn to charismatic radicals. Okay. And this is what we have with Obama. If the just-introduced H.J. Resolution 15 passes, Barack Obama will legally be able to be our dictator for the remainder of his life. I surely hope that all liberty-loving patriots speak up to their congressmen and women that four years of Barack Obama has been bad enough. We surely don't need him around running America for another 40 years. The story from Investment Watch blog, this is all linked, this is not made up, H.J. Resolution 15, proposing an amendment to the Constitution of the United States to repeal the 22nd article of that amendment, thereby removing the limitation on the number of terms an individual may serve as president. (laughs) Unbelievable. 
It just keeps getting better and better. Um, oh, the, you can oppose this bill here. There's a link I give you. This was introduced on January 4th, just two days ago, in the 113th Congress um, by Representative Jose Serrano, Democrat from New York. Now, evidently, this guy's tried to do this many times, and it hasn't happened. But I'm saying right now, the way things are going, <laughs> I just wanted to at least mention this because there's, oh, no, there's no chance. Oh, yeah? I didn't think there was any chance we'd get this far with gun, the, the whole gun control legislation. I, I mean, if you would have went back five, six years ago, even. But that's a reality. So I just wanted to at least mention that. Here's a link to the, the um, governmental website, govtrack.us, Congress bills. That If you don't read, believe it, click on that. You can see it's true. Uh, here's a link to the text of the New York Congressman Joe Jose Serrano's proposal, constitutional amendment, courtesy of the Library of Congress. So again, I'm not making this stuff up. Next report. Democrats introduced 10 anti-gun bills on the first day of the 113th Congress. So in addition to good old Joe Serrano wanting Obama to have unlimited terms, the Democrats introduced 10 anti-gun bills on the first day of the 113th Congress. You think they're not serious? This is from The Hill. TheHill.com, members of the 113th Congress introduced 10 bills on Thursday relating to gun violence, most of which came from Democrats seeking new restrictions on gun ownership. I just, I want to drive home the point how serious they are about this. Next report, Facebook purges pro-gun accounts. Massive act of censorship sees alternative media pages disappearing. Facebook is purging accounts that carry pro-Second Amendment and pro-Liberty information in a censorship purge that has accelerated with innumerable pages disappearing merely for posting legitimate political content. So in other words, Facebook says, you're right, we don't believe in your right to the Second Amendment at all, and your right to the First Amendment is gone. So obviously they could care less about the Constitution at all. NaturalNews.com's Mike Adams contacted us to alert us to the fact that Facebook banned our account for posting this, and I'll, I'll read the picture, with an attached image of Gandhi quoting about how the British disarmed the citizenry during their rule in India. And Gandhi said, and this was in his autobiography, page 446, quote, among the many misdeeds of British rule in India, history will look upon the act depriving a whole nation of arms, meaning firearms, as the blackest. End of quote. So this is somebody that's already went through it, could look back on it, not saying I'm advocating Gandhi. You know he started every day off by drinking a fresh glass of his own urine? That's how he started the day off, a nice frothy glass of his own urine. Anyway, that's called urine therapy, that's pretty sick stuff. Um, he was demon-possessed, but he made a good point here, okay, among the many misdeeds of British rule in India, history will look upon the act depriving a whole nation of arms as the blackest. Because he saw that and knew that to be the linchpin for all of the other draconian things that they ended up doing. They had to disarm the citizenry. Now, Mike Adams got banned from Facebook just for posting that. Because that would be considered hate speech evidently now. The following is a list of Facebook accounts operated by individuals in the alternative media that have been shut down by the Facebook staff just over the past 24 hours. Now, this is 
a couple days old. Uh, Infowars writer Aaron Dykes, the political dissident Brandon J. Robb, uh, have had their accounts deleted. Rob was snatched by police and forcibly imprisoned in a psychiatric ward earlier this year. Now that will become more and more common as things get darker. For posting political content on Facebook. <laughs> this guy was forcibly imprisoned in a psychiatric... There's a link to the story. Just for posting political comment on Facebook. Facebook's awesome. I mean, we all need to be on it. And just just, just pour out your heart. You know, Just tell them everything. You know, because it's just a CIA vehicle to gather data mine you and gather intelligence on you. You know, that's all That's all it is. Twitter's not a whole lot better, but Facebook, you're really putting yourself out there typically more. InfoWars editor Kurt Nemo also had his account suspended this morning. Now, here's a whole laundry list of people. I'm not going to read them all, but a whole laundry list of people who have already had their accounts become inactive. Uh, we are change. Their Facebook's gone. Um... Whack Boston at Twitter. Uh, Catherine Albrecht of Spy Chips. She's her her account's inactive. It is important to stress that most of these accounts have have not simply been temporarily suspended, but they have been completely shut down. Some are now they're saying some are now being reinstated after complaints. So again, this is why it is important to fight back against this evil. To push back against it, because if you just sit back and do nothing, that gives the Illuminati the green light to further implement more draconian agendas. Going further. Social media portals like Facebook and Twitter are increasingly being exposed as what appear to be a bait-and-switch spying networks funded and potentially even run covertly by the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, and other governmental agencies. And this is all apparently being done for the purpose of gathering real-time data on the private lives of individuals willing to freely post such information for the world to see. It is something that serious investigative journalists and skeptics alike have suspected for years, especially as sites like Facebook have gradually and quietly eliminated users' access to the privacy controls that once kept their information, quote, classified by default. Today, Facebook is literally an open book of information that is freely available not only to the rest of the Internet, but also to numerous governmental agencies. Um that many years ago invested millions of dollars to make social networking sites such as Facebook what they are today. You have to look at, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, the foundation of Facebook and these other social media networks typically has been governmental, CIA, data mining, and again, it's, it's this big world computer that's gathering data on all of us, predicting, you know, which can even predict like our... our um, where we might travel, what we might be doing on a particular day, and then keeping all this together. So going further, when Facebook was first getting off its feet, it turns out the company received a huge cash injection from venture capital firm known as Accel Partners. According to reports, Accel's head, James Breyer, was a former chairman at National Venture Capital Association when he served on the board with Gilman Louie, the CEO of another venture capital known as InQtel. According to InQtel's mission page, the group which invested nearly $13 million during Facebook's early days was first launched, was first launched in 1991-1999 as a catalyst for keeping the CIA up to date with the latest information gathering technologies. Now, do you think they're more puritanical today than they were back then? 
I think not, as things get more evil and wicked. So I, I tell everybody, I, they, they want me to get on Facebook. I did that for a little while, and then I realized how evil Facebook was, and it was a CIA creation, and then all this other garbage you deal with. I don't mess with it. Here's a video you can watch. Facebook's CIA connection. This video reveals the true aim of Facebook's con- conspiracy. Data mining, which is data mining for the CIA, the connection between Facebook and DARPA, which is one of the most wicked organizations in the government, which stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, has some grotesque tentacles, which are the Information Awareness Office. These are all the things that are connected, ultimately, back to Facebook. Facebook, DARPA, Information Awareness Office, uh, the TIA, which is Total Information Awareness, renamed Terrorism Information Program, and the TIPS, which is Terrorism Information and Prevention System. The parallels between the CIA's backing of Google's dream of becoming the mind of God, that's what Google's dream was, quote, becoming the mind of God, and the CIA's funding of Facebook's goal of knowing everything about everybody is anything but benign. Here, you, you can watch the video. I'm not going to play it, but i give you the video there. Um, here's another article, and I'm not going to get into it, but it says it's entitled Big Sis to Monitor Twitter for Signs of Social Unrest. Okay, that's one of the reasons Twitter's up there. Then here's another one. I figured I'd throw Google in there. Google exposed. I'm just going to read you the titles of these things. CEO Schmidt admits, the CEO of Google admits, it is a massive data mining and advertising scheme. Data mining. I use Ixquick. I-X-Q-U-I-C-K as a search engine. That's the one Catherine Albrecht, who just got her Facebook page banned, um, endorses for privacy issues. Now, I'm not saying any of it's really secure, ultimately, but some are more, way more out there, like Google. Totally big brother. Facebook, Twitter, I mean, I'm, just you're dealing with really, really big brother stuff here. There's a link to that story. Uh, CEO Schmidt admits Google is massive data mining and advertising scheme. And then review of Google Health, technology achievement or privacy disaster. Um, next link, Google complies with the FDA's demands to secretly disable AdWords accounts of nutritional detox companies. Uh, next report, Google shopping blocks all vitamins and natural products, glitch or deliberate censorship. They're, in other words, they're very, very medically oriented. They want to push us toward Big Brother Pharma Medical. Uh, another one is Bing accuses Google shopping of payola scandal and new campaign. And then the last one, FTC decision, Google must change search business practices. So if you want to know more about those subjects, you can. I'm not going to go into any of that for I just don't have time, but I wanted to at least put the link out there. Okay, so next report. It should be painfully obvious that gun grabbers, including the likes of President Obama, and Senator Dianne Feinstein and President, Vice President Joe Biden, among many others, are not responding to the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting alone, but are using this terrible tragedy to implement a gun control agenda that they have long planned, waiting for the right timing to achieve their aims. No pun intended. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's first chief of staff, famously said, quote, you never want a, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. What I mean by that is it is an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before, end of quote. Absolutely. They're saying it right here, what they're doing. It is a simple 
simplification of the problem-reaction-solution formula for control that was formally expressed in the Hegelian dialectic well over a century ago. It has not been the unofficial motto of the Obama administration, but of all tyrants operating from the Oval Office and around the world for some time, it has been clear for some time that the Obama administration's planned all along to achieve significant gun control, but planned to do so, quote, under the radar. And in his second nearly unaccountable term, where the president does not face re-election or worry about alienating voters, when he can essentially act as a dictator without even the need for congressional approval. Click on the following link for a roundup of the ten top ten covert actions taken by the Obama administration to pursue its gun control agenda during just its first term in office, in, approximately chron- in approximate chronological order to demonstrate a timeline all building up to the crescendo we are now witnessing. Now, I'm not going to get into all ten. It would take me way too much time. But there's the link here, top ten events that prove Obama planned gun control long before the Newtown tragedy. So, if you want to read that, you can. Next, it's not even a report. It's a DHS insider gun confiscation, assassination, timeline, and the end of the Constitution. 30 to 50 million Americans at risk for their lives. It's a part one and two. Uh, it's Doug Hagman's contact or something. And um, it's a whole interview there if you want to read that. Which it, And it lines up with what we're talking about here. Uh, next report, New York Governor Cuomo says New York may soon start confiscating guns or impose a mandatory buyback program. Okay, now this is, and again, I'm not going to even get into the, the meat of that, but that's what he's saying. Okay, imposing, start confiscating guns or impose a mandatory buyback program. Uh, Vanity Fair, the magazine. Uh, yesterday, Kurt Eichenwald, contributing editor at Vanity Fair magazine, wrote an article that did not beat around the bush with his agenda, and it was entitled, Kurt Eichenwald, Let's Repeal the Second Amendment. That was the, that was the name of the article. Let's repeal the Second Amendment. So this little devil is up there saying, let's just do away with it. Totally do away with it. And here I give you a link, an actual picture of this, the name of the article. Um, And here's, this is entitled, um, Hollywood actors, uh, Hollywood actor hypocrites want to ban your guns while they make millions promoting gun violence. You ever think about that? Remember that video I played last week where they're like, it has to end, it has to end, and they're all like in their little whatever self-righteous sanctimonious liberal mode saying we got to ban all guns essentially and they're up there making movies in hollywood where they're blowing people up killing them maiming them you know using machine guns and all this other garbage to sell things and they're and they're and they're up there all now they're all self-righteous and condescending and sanctimonious. Oh no, no, we we definitely have the moral high ground, even though we're making billions essentially off these Hollywood movies, which promote the exact same thing they're up there on their soapbox about. Many have made their careers in movies that are so violent the body counts literally reach into the thousands. Uh, take a look at the original promotional video if you can stomach, where actors like Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner demand a demand a plan to stop gun violence. Then check out those same actors when the video has been creatively spliced with scenes from their very own movies where they advocate mass killings and use all manner of weapons, including fully automatic assault rifles. That's okay, though. It's okay to make a movie about this and to program people 
and have violent video games and all this other garbage and all the other garbage they do in the public schools where they essentially teach us that we, we, we were created from a rock, ultimately. Evolution teaches that, essentially. You know, ultimately, you know, we came out of the primordial soup. And they wonder why people would... And, and not only that, then you get into the whole MK Ultra mind control garbage where this is actually being created, so... The hypocrisy is just <laughs> off the scale. Next report. Good news. CNN's Piers Morgan threatens to self-deport himself if we don't change out our gun laws. Piers Morgan, that devil from the pit of hell uh, who's been screaming uh, in his with his English accent about how we need to ban all guns and, and attack... Um, Larry Pratt, gun owner, gun owner, the president of Gun Owners of America, attacked him and uh, called him an unbelievably stupid man the other day. I'm quoting on the interview he did. He was he was off. He I mean he was the guy was totally unhinged. He totally looked like a moron, you know. And he's up there screaming at Larry Pratt. And Larry Pratt's like real calm and collected. He's way more calm and collected than I could have been. <laughs> I'm sorry, I would not have probably done as well. But he was trying to incite him. He was trying to get that reaction. And I think he, it made him more infuriated when this little demon-possessed devil couldn't get the proper reaction that he wanted out of Larry Pratt. CNN's Piers Morgan, uh, who has come under fire for his vocal support of gun control and his strident opposition to gun enthusiasts, one of whom being Larry Pratt of Gun, Owner, gun Owners of America, who he denounced on his show as an unbelievably stupid man, has stepped in another hornet's nest. In an interview with evangelical pastor good old Rick Warren, Morgan asserted that the Bible, like the Constitution, is basically and inherently flawed, and that with regard to gay rights in particular, it's time for an, quote, it's time for an amendment to the Bible. This is what this little devil just said now. An amendment for the Bible regarding gay rights. Because he knows the Bible's against it. Now, they can have their Queen James Bible all day long. But the Word of God clearly condemns this. So, here's what I say to Pierce Morgan. Hear the Word of God's response to Pierce Morgan and all like him. Put this together for you, Pierce. Proverbs 13, 13. Whoso despiseth the Word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. That's your end, Pierce. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Because you obviously despise it. Psalm 50, verse 16. But unto the wicked God saith, Pierce Morgan, and all like you, thou, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? I couldn't believe I found this verse. The, let me read this again. This verse, think of Pierce Morgan, what he just said. He says, we need to have an amendment to the Bible about gay rights. But under the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? And with a question mark at the end. He's saying that to Pierce Morgan. Don't, don't you dare go up there and preach on the word of God and tell me what should be or should not be in the Bible, you devil. That is something only God can do. Talk about presumptuously wicked. 
And that's who the God's talking to. Unto the wicked God saith. And that's exactly what this guy just did. He, he, he proposed to declare God's statutes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Then it goes in the next verse and says, Seeing, Pierce Morgan, and all like you, thou hatest instruction. Where, where, where do we go for all manner of real instruction? The word of God. Well, he hates the word of God, obviously. In its current form. I'm sure he loved the Queen's, Queen James Bible. He probably loved that. Seeing thou hatest instruction, and casteth my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou contendest. Now that word, it doesn't mean in this particular context to contend. Okay? I'm sorry, consentest. Consentedist. Okay? That doesn't mean to contend. That word means to be pleased with, be favorable to, or accept favorably. I looked it up in the concordance, okay? So, when thou sawest a thief, thou consentest, consentest with him. Meaning you consent with them. You're pleased with them. You're favorable to them. You accept favor. That's how wicked people are. If somebody out there is wicked, they're like, yeah, go get them, buddy. You do it, man. You be wicked, because then I can be, feel better about when I'm wicked. And we can all be one wicked, happy family. And that's exactly what the Bible says at the end of Romans 1. When it says, they that do these things not only do them, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's what it's talking about. So when you, when the wicked sawest a thief, thou consentest with him. You're pleased with them. You're acceptable to them. You're favorable to them. And hast been partakers with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Remember we talked about the word frameth earlier? It frameth, it creates deceit. When I, when I see this Piers Morgan guy, this is just all over. It's a wonderful description. Thou sittest and speaketh against thy brother. Thou slandereth thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such and one as thyself. That's another very thought-provoking verse. Remember what I said before about people thinking, oh, he's the big guy in the sky. Yeah, he's a heavenly bellhop. He's, you know, whatever. Listen to this. These things hast thou done. All this wickedness just listed. And I kept silence. God keeps silence. I mean, you see all this wicked going around, and you think, oh, God, why, why can't you intervene? Listen, his ways are not our ways. I'm not going to presume to say to God, yeah, we can pray about certain things, and I think that's a reason a lot of times God's hand doesn't move is because there's not enough prayer going up, or if we are praying, he's not hearing our prayer because we regard iniquity in our heart. Like the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And there's a ton of ways you get your prayers not answered and hindered. Selfish prayer, regarding iniquity. I mean, there, I could... I've done a whole teaching on that. It's called the Biblical Keys to Answered Prayer. You just key in prayer in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And it, there's other things I've done on prayer as well. So anyway, these things hast thou done. And I kept silence. Okay? Because God keeps silent, I believe the next verse applies, the next part of the verse applies. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself. Do you understand that? It's like, the, it's like the wicked person, because God keeps silent, because God doesn't just rain down his fury on him right away, 
the wicked person's thinking, hey, I got away with this. And because my mind's so dark and it's so evil and so impure and so wicked, I bet you God's just like me. That's what it says here. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself. That's how deluded they become in their thinking patterns. Did you ever read that? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Thought-provoking. God really showed me a lot of nuggets in, the, in these verses I'm reading this week. But then it goes on to say, But I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth, offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. That has to do with, you know, obviously us getting saved. That's why it's important to praise God, to worship God, to bless God, bless his holy name. Get down on your knees and worship him. Raise your hands to God. Praise him. Praise him for his goodness. Thank him. That's what I do more. I mean, honestly, when I get on my knees, that's what I do more than anything anymore. I'm, I, I feel like, uh, here, what am I going to do? Go to God and I was asking for stuff all the time? You know how sick I would get if that's all I ever heard from, like, my daughter? It's like, oh, okay, huh, how, many, how many ways can you use me today? Well, think how God feels. You know? Well, honestly, I think the primary thing we really need to do is praise and worship and thank God. And, and, and honestly, thankfulness, when that goes, when thankfulness goes, so goes the heart. So, so goes everything else in a real negative direction. Well, how can you prove that? Well, I tell you what. Let's go to Romans 1. Which gets into, then it gets into, um, and we're going to read those verses, into what really happens when you're really unthankful and being turned over to a reprobate mind. Okay, here we go. Um, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Well, let me start the previous verse. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They hold on. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. See, we're all really without excuse when, it call, when it's all said and done. Why? For the, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Look up into the sky. See the stars, the sun, the moon, the planet. You think this all just happened by chance. Some big bang. And then all of a sudden, the rain rained on the rocks for millions of years and a lightning bolt struck the primordial soup and out popped Amoeba Man. You know? Which actually was just an amoeba, and then it formed into some fish with gill slits, and then that creeped onto the thing and became some kind of hybrid amphibian, which ultimately became a, I don't know, a goat, and then a Mongolian yak, and then that went into an ape. And then that ape eventually formed into all these other different creatures that ultimately formed man. Oh yeah, that happened. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, sure. 
Okay, so, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. People know, deep down. Well, no, they don't. Yes, they do. Come on. So that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. What is glorifying? Praising him, glorifying him, worshiping him, being thankful to him, humbling yourself before God, which is all a prerequisite to this. Fear of God. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not, neither were thankful. When you stop becoming thankful, I'm telling you, man, things really, that's when it really starts to go downhill. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Piers Morgan Professing himself to be wise, he is nothing but a fool in God's eyes. And changed the glory of uncorruptible God into the image like unto corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And this is what literally they did and are still doing. But ultimately, you know, they would create an image of Molech or Chemosh or whatever. And they would bow down to that. Why? Because they changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into the image like under corruptible man and under birds and under four-footed beasts and creeping things. Next progression. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And then it finally comes to this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the creature worship and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, even unto their women did change the natural use of, which is against nature, and also likewise men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which, which is unseemly. And isn't that ironic? That's just what we were talking about with Piers Morgan. That's a perfect description of, of him, and that's the, that's the issue he has the biggest problem with, gays. And isn't that, isn't that ironic that that's just what I read about Romans 1? So, whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Psalm 9.17 The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. That's a warning to America, and all other nations as well. Verse 19 Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail, let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Well, that's not nice. When God judges wickedness, good things always come out of that. Always. Is it better for God just to let the wicked do wickedly and take more people to hell with them when people see them getting away with wickedness and think, hey, that must be the thing to do? This is why I did the whole teaching on Psalm 64. For God shall shoot at them, the wicked, with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall see and fear, and shall declare the work of God. Why? Because they will wisely consider of his doing, and the upright will rejoice and be glad in heart, and shall glorify him. 
So it always has a very, very positive thing when God judges wickedness. We need, that's what we need. We need God's judgment on wickedness. That's really the only hope for the world. Isn't that what happens at the Battle of Armageddon when Jesus comes back? Doesn't, isn't, isn't that judging wickedness? Doesn't that have ultimately a wonderful result? But we're not taught in the church to think this way. In the, in the mainstream 501c3 corporate, lukewarm church was one I'm in reference to. The ones that are like that. And then it says in verse 20, Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. See, we need to have a reality check worldwide. All this pride and arrogance and this stuff you see with people and they think they're so this and they think they're so that. Oh my word. <laughs> we need to have a proper uh, attitude check. We need to consider the pit from which we were dug. You know? Humble yourself in the dirt to the Lord Jesus Christ if that's what it takes. Sackcloth and ash. Whatever. So, anyway, I just wanted to cover that with good old Piers Morgan there. He's hard not to like, I'll tell you. He's a fun, fun guy. Just kidding. Anyway, uh, another report. Uh, several police officers and military personnel call in and say gun confiscation is real and could be coming very soon. I'll give you a link to that. Now, if one, if one was doing it, would be one thing, but there's all these different people calling into these talk shows now and saying that this is right around the corner. They're Training for it. They're planning on it. Something big is going to happen, they're saying. Now, I understand you could go back and say, yeah, well, they were saying that five years ago. Okay, well, I'm just saying, it's more, with this gun control thing, it's more ripe now than it's ever been. So there's a whole link to that. Then there's another one. NC Police Lieutenant, North Carolina, where I live, warns of martial law in early 2013. You can click on that link. It's a totally different show. Police departments nationwide preparing for gun confiscation. This is out of New York, CBS News. Amid talk of reinstating the assault weapons ban that expired eight years ago, police departments nationwide are thinking of ways to confiscate such weapons. As WCB's 880's Marla Diamond reported, among the departments considering taking action is New York Police Department. Police Commissioner Ray Kelly said if Congress were to reinstate the ban, Police are wondering whether it will be their responsibility to confiscate all the weapons. Or, in other words, theirs or the military's. Or foreign troops, even better, who have no allegiance to America in any way, shape, or form and would like to kill us anyway. For, here we go, next article. Um, now, this is <laughs> entitled Foreign Troops to Enforce Gun Ban. Midnight raids on firearm owners, homes to enforce gun ban may be coming soon. This really sickened me when I read this. You're going to see why in a second. With a potential gun ban approaching, good old John Moore, talk show host dude, has decided that he will probably sell all his semi-automatic weapons during a flea market prior to the new laws going into effect. Way to man up, John. Way to man up. Wow, backbone of a cedar tree. Here's a guy up there who has made multiple wrong predictions. This is why I don't normally use him as a, as a source. Okay, A lot of red flags. But he is more alarmist than any other talk show, patriot talk show host I've ever seen. 
more than any other one I've ever seen. I don't even listen to his stuff anymore. Basically saying they're going to be kicking down your door tonight. You're going to die. You're going to do the. I mean, just multiple all his secret whatever sources. You know, stand your ground. You know, telling you to be strong. And here he has the audacity to say that with a potential gun ban approaching, John Morris decided that he would probably sell all his semi-automatic weapons during a flea market prior to the new laws going into effect. Are you kidding me? What a great example you are, John. What a great example you are. I guess when they come and if the foreign troops are coming at your door, you won't have a problem them breaking down your door and then him raping your wife and children. I don't know if you have children or not. Because you're not going to have anything to defend yourself and you're going to see to that, right? So hopefully you'll be able to escape Big Brother and, and, and he'll treat you a little nicer because you've done the exactly exactly what they wanted you to do. And because of this, you're going to have a ton of your listeners doing the same garbage because they think that you know they need to do what John Moore does. I couldn't believe this. I mean, this was unbelievable. Then it says he shares that he will be videotaping uh, and there's a link here. You can go. I didn't. You can click on the link here and listen to the video or his audio if you want to. He shares that he will be videotaping these cash sales where he's selling his weapons at a flea market, and of course the buyer will be wearing a baseball hat and sunglasses as he looks toward the ground upon making the cash purchase. I guess to protect the identity of the buyer for his future safety. John will have that video saved as a permanent record of him selling his guns in case someone comes along one day and tries to take them away. John also shares that if legislation passes, he foresees midnight house raids of gun owners' homes by law enforcement and foreign troops to force the removal of guns from American homes. Wow. Great example. Just lay down, quiver up, go into a fetal position in the corner and just, you know, that's basically what, what the example he's setting as far as I can see. Next article, Feinstein gun control bill will trigger the next American resolu- revolution. All political power comes from the barrel of a gun. The Communist Party must command all guns, all the guns. That way, no guns can ever be used to command the party. Who said that? Who quoted that? Mass murderer Mao Zedong. I think over 50 million he killed because he disarmed the population. All political power comes from the barrel of a gun. Mao Zedong. The Communist Party must command all guns. That way no guns can ever be used to command the party or to go against the party. Similar quotes from Stalin, Adolf Hitler, you name it. So you have to look at, when you're looking at an argument, you have to look at who's on what side. Do you want to be aligned with some of the most wicked, evil dictators, men, that have ever walked the earth? There is no ambiguous or muddled separation between the citizenry and the government anymore. The separation is absolute. It's undeniable. It is vast. It is only a matter of time and momentum. And eventually there will be unbridled opposition, dissent, and conflict. All that is required is a trigger, and I believe that trigger has arrived. And that's that. You can click on the link to this main article. It's a big one. 
These are just different people giving their opinions about what's coming. Illinois Democrats lose bid to pass firearms confiscation bill. So this was positive. Democrats in Illinois Senate have failed to gain enough support for legislation that would have outlawed 50% of long guns on the market in the state and would have confiscated weapons owned by the citizens. On Wednesday, we reported that Illinois Senate President John Cullerton planned to introduce a draconian bill that would have effectively banned all modern firearms criminalized their owners and subjected their guns to confiscation by the Illinois State Police. So thank God. But, from what I had heard, there was a massive outpouring of opposition to this. And that's why this didn't happen. See, they're wanting to really strike while the iron's hot. All these demon-possessed Politicians, they are really wanting to strike while the iron's hot here with Sandy Hook. Next article. The town is small, but the message is clear. Do not infringe. A police chief in Gilberton, Pennsylvania, which is a small borough uh, in Skokakill County with a population of only 867, is proposing a Second Amendment preservation ordinance that he plans to present to the city council during its January 24th 2013 meeting. The ordinance, if adopted, would formally require the city to enact any and all measures as may be necessary to prevent the violation of the Second Amendment by any federal, state, or local entity. There's something worth getting behind. Uh, Next one. For their part, the FBI has revealed that they conducted 39% more background checks in the month of December than in the month of November, which had set a record in itself. According to a report by corporate media giant Reuters, this latest figure is up 49% over the previous December of 2011, when the FBI performed a then-record 1.86 million checks. In other words, more people are getting more and more guns. That's why they they perform checks. If you go and buy a gun at a gun dealer, that's what they do. Okay, so in other words, it's... it's, um, up 39% from just last month. Why? Sandy Hook. Consumer demand for gun ap- guns appears to have count- accounted for the uptick in activity, said FBI spokesperson Stephen Fisher. The fact that many Americans are completely ignoring the anti-gun, corporate-controlled media psyop that has bombarded the airwaves in the last few weeks has not fallen on deaf ears, on the politicians' deaf ears. As these figures began to widely be reported, multiple cable news networks, especially CNN and MSNBC, dedicated segments to essentially chastising American citizens for not believing their propaganda and instead flocking to gun stores nationwide. I think it's great. I went into a gun store the other day, and I mean, all high-capacity magazines were gone. They were gone. Um, they still had plenty of guns in and of themselves and ammo, but I mean, man, the parking lot was full. I mean, it was like, you know, going into like a department store where you're like wall to wall. There was a lot of people in there, you know, and I mean, there was a gun show in our area that day and I couldn't quite get to it, but I knew if we got to it, everything, you know, (laughs) the, the way it was, I mean, the lines out to the parking lot just to get in these places now. 
Here, here's more proof of that. We've got standing room only crowds attend record breaking gun shows across America in response to federal gun grappling. Here's a picture of a gigantic line waiting to get into, uh, I believe a gun show here. Americans understand that Obama Feinstein are coming for their guns in response. They are attending gun shows that will soon be illegal in large numbers. Over the weekend, Standing room only crowds filled the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, following Obama's announcement that he will not rest until California Senator Feinstein's unprecedented gun-grabbing bill is rammed through Congress. Here's a, I guess a tweet that says, Despite the snow, sleet, and icy weather, the Dulles Expo gun show parking lot is full, spilling over to Walmart at Chantilly. And he, he sent a picture of that. And then it goes on to say, the line stretches for blocks to get into the Antilly gun show. It stretches for blocks just to get into the gun show. Jeff Goldberg tweeted on December 28th, biggest crowd ever for biggest gun show on the East Coast. Goldberg also reported the presence of anti-Second Amendment protesters outside of the event. And again, when you look at an argument, you have to look at who's on what side. And consistently... With the anti-gun crowd, it is the most wicked, vile people. With Mao Zedong, okay, Hitler, Obama, okay, all mass murder dictators in in this century, okay, Pol Pot, okay, consistently the most wicked, wicked people on the planet want your guns. That's that's a proven fact, okay. So, this guy also reported the presence of anti-Second Amendment protesters outside the event. As the photo below appears, and this is another example of the wicked, vile people that are that are, want your guns. The group opposed to the Bill of Rights was none other than Code Pink. The Soros, George Soros, and MacArthur Foundation lubricated progressive organization known for dressing up as the female anatomy, and I am not lying. They dress up as the female anatomy. Anatomy. Private part. Okay? And they are the same ones pushing Obama's pro-abortion and establishment agenda. And I'm almost positive this one lady I recognize from Code Pink, because I'm positive I've seen her dressed up in the old female anatomy outfit. I don't know where you get that one made at, but... Anyway, um, she and, and she, these people, they're, they're so pathetic to even look at. They really are. I mean, I almost feel, I mean, they almost feel sorry for him. This lady's just sitting there, she's like a little mouse, and she's got, let's talk gun control. And she's got a picture of a little gun, it says gun control now, with a, and it's pink, and they're code pink, same people that dress up like uh, female anatomy. And um, <laughs> these are the caliber, no pun intended, of people that are showing up at gun shows to protest Second Amendment rights. <laughs> I mean, we're talking... Talk about good versus evil. I'm not saying everybody goes to gun shows is all good or anything. But I mean, the the issue is a good versus evil issue. Hopefully I've proven that amply in the last, including this teaching and in the last two teachings. In North Carolina, a large crowd braved inclement weather to attend a gun show and a large line formed outside a venue in Oklahoma City on December 29th. Pro-Second Amendment enthusiasts also gathered in Fort Worth, Texas on December 22nd and Knoxville, Tennessee on December 28th. Uh... Okay, I think I'm going to have to stop here because I'm over time here. So I'm going to stop here. We're going to go to part two next. And God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com.
Please help us continue this work to support this ministry. Our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.